This is Mary. And this is Tammy. Yep. And today on the show, we are going to have two smaller, small, smaller type interviews that we got from the Unmato workshop that we had at Hip Expressions a while ago. Uh, The first is with Troop Zahara. And Yip listener and our friend Elizabeth is a member of that troop. We know her. And also we caught a little bit of time with Sammy Tay, formerly of Unmata. She'll be at um, Tribal Solstice. And now doing mm-hmm. awesome things on her own. She does well, she does Lyra and some aerial stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. And she's seriously cut. Yeah, she's hardcore. Yeah, she has some awesome tattoos. She, she talked a little bit about a couple of her tattoos, and we got some pictures of them. So we're sharing them with the world. <laughs> but before we get to our first interview, uh, I would like to know what's going on with you, Tammy. So spill. Spill. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, like normal, I've been looking at some blogs that's crazy <laughs> i know it's very woo it's so out of character for me <laughs> uh, <laughs> and one that i thought was funny just because uh recently you and i performed at maria's gimme shimmy anniversary party yes and like we always do we get asked for a little introduction to write a little intro for ourselves <laughs> Which somehow you always end up being the person to write the intro. And you think you guys would have learned by now. Although they did, they did edit it because the intro I wrote was uh, um, Crackpot Tribal does improvisational tribal dance. You know, Mary and Tammy also have a podcast. You can find out more about Crackpot and and Yip Podcast on Facebook. Or don't look them up. We don't care. Let's dance. (laughs) Cut out that part. Cut out the we don't care part. Maybe they thought we had bad self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, I think one point you you said something like they enjoy dancing in long walks on the beach or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like dancing on the beach. Mm. Romantic. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, Princess Farhana recently did a blog post called "Please Welcome to the Stage," and it's all about writing an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like, "Don't say you enjoy long walks on the beach"? It's not funny. It wasn't cute at all. <laughs> no, it's it's really funny. Some of the things that she talks about were common mistakes that dancers make one is not submitting an introduction (laughs) that is a bad and here comes the next dancer or to have the smallest of intros ever with just the bare bones like a dancer's name and the title of the music (laughs) also she says you know think about the mc they have probably one of the hardest jobs of the evening they're on stage the whole night they're having to you know work the crowd basically they're not going to know how to pronounce your name all the time. So something helpful, helpful hint. If your name is exotic, let me put it that way. <laughs> and there are a lot of those yes, in our world. <laughs> or even the name of your song or the, you know, the title of your piece. You know, kind of phonetically spell it for the MC. <laughs> and you can't just go up beforehand and be like, oh, by the way, this is how you pronounce my name. Because they have a lot of people they're probably introducing and... No offense, but they're not going to remember you. No. <laughs> Nor should they have to. That's no. that's a lot of work. Another mistake that dancers make is to give way too much information. Yeah, I've heard quite a few of those. Some that are very long-winded. Uh, some things like, Miss Dancer comes from the fifth generation, performing family, and exhibited a precious talent at the age of two. At the age of four, she learned to love and excel <laughs> at, insert any of the following, ballet, tap, jazz, Baton swirling, <laughs> stage combat, acrobatics. As an adult, she's performed for 
list as many organizations as you can. <laughs> Mention as many Z-list, unheard of soap opera stars as possible. Um, a great introduction should be concise and to the point. It should include your name, style of dance you're about to perform, and possibly a short explanation about the style of dance you're performing, especially if you're dancing for the general public. A great example, tonight, Miss Dancer will be performing a thingamajig, the traditional folk dance of some very obscure lost tribe from a country you have never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) If that were seriously the introduction, I would laugh my beep off. (laughs) It should also contain one or two pertinent pieces of information, such as Miss Dancer recently won first place at some outrageously famous dance contest and or... Miss Dancer will be teaching blah, blah, blah next Saturday afternoon at some nearby studio. <laughs> and that's that's like it. <laughs> it's also fine to include something cute or humorous, which I think you do. She says uh, when she performed at Gothla, she's definitely not gothic by any stretch of the imagination. But since most of the people at the event knew her already, she put in, most people who know her think Princess Farhana is way more scary offstage than she is on stage. <laughs> So I think that's cute. So so I thought those were very helpful tips because it is, it's kind of a pain sometimes and kind of, I don't know, it freaks me out for some reason when we have to write intros. I'm like, what, what do we put? What do we do? I think, I don't know. I don't get worried about writing intros just because who cares? Yeah. I think for our that's, purposes. That's why you're so much better so at it. We're so cash. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, if Tammy or Bethany don't like it, then they should have written it. <laughs> there was one time I think I went to write it and you were like, oh, I didn't know you were writing it. I've already done it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So um, that was one blog that I read. The other one was uh, Tempest Teapot. I like Tempest's blog. I as um, well like Tempest Blood. This one is concrete versus abstract dance and model airplanes. So she talks about um, a connection of, are you someone who likes to build model airplanes because they come in a little kit and you can make them just so and the pieces all fit exactly? Yes. Or are you someone who can take, you know, some balsa wood and some paint and some glue and just make a mess? M- yes, I can make a total mess out of that. Make I know, a mess I was, and I was be reading okay this. with making a mess. <laughs> It seems like she's kind of rethinking the way she does some of her workshops, uh, referencing something called the master plan, but she's not allowed to talk about it yet. And I'm like, what is the master plan? But so anyway, so she's talking about some of these. Do you prefer workshops where everything is given to you and you're going to go in and you're going to learn these combinations and it's going to make, you know, this choreography? Or do you like another approach where it's like you basically want to make the dance your own you figure it figure out what makes you tick how do the parts come together as a whole and how do you customize all that with your own style i don't know for me it was really like i was thinking about it what kind of workshops i enjoy taking Mm -hmm. i tweeted her actually and i said in response to your latest blog post because she actually had said like hey let me know because she's definitely trying to look at what sells what doesn't sell why does these workshops sell them some of the best workshops i've ended up taking were ones that either i didn't really understand the description like there were a couple that i was like i don't really know what that means but i'll try it (laughs) and because you know some of them are very concrete it's like we are going to learn some turkish combinations or whatever you know we are going to learn some folkloric steps and you kind of know what kind of box that resides in you know like i took one years and years and years ago at spirit of the tribes 
but from Desert Sin. Yeah, and I hadn't even oh, heard of yeah. Desert Sin. Were you in that one? No, but I had one. I had because um, it was at Spirit, so oh. I was standing looking over the wall, <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea what to expect. And it was it was a little scary for me because I was a. I mean, it's just hard to access emotion mm-hmm. and to just so. But this was a great workshop for that kind of like storytelling. Yeah, and, and I really didn't know exactly what to expect from that workshop. I don't know. So I think I might prefer like the, I'm not really sure what's happening, but it's hard. Workshop descriptions are so tricky. I don't know. As far as the actual description, I do want it to just kind of give me an idea of what's going to go on in the class. And I know we've talked about this before. I definitely want them to tell me if I need to warm up beforehand or not. Yes, I do. I do wish that because a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, but you know, often you'll go to a workshop that's like midday and it followed another workshop. So yeah. the instructor thinks, okay, well, everyone's just coming from the other workshop, so they've been dancing for two hours. But it's like, not everyone's been dancing for two Correct. hours. You know? um, that, and I, I just like when they tell me kind of a, a range of what level of dance it is. Yeah. Because if it's super beginner, I don't, I'm not necessarily well, interested in taking it, unless it's a different style than mine. Well, it's like... I took a Zill class and it, it said, oh, you know, yeah. advanced Zill things. And I went in and we <laughs> just worked on like one, two, three, one, two, three. And I was like, dude, no offense, but I've got this down. I didn't need to spend $35 yes. to, you know, to march around and practice this, the very most basic Zill pattern. I was kind of irate. Yes, you were a little bit. And I think I, w- I was falling asleep. So <laughs> we were a pair, a jolly old pair. <laughs> we had some issues, but um, in answer to our blog, the kind of workshops I enjoy are if it's technique specific to ATS or ITS. I'm I'm there. I like those workshops. I from any other dancer, I like taking classes on stage presence and history of dance in some ways. Oh yeah. And I love various prop workshops. <laughs> I'm a, and so I tweeted her I'm a mixed bag. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I know. It's I don't know, it's tough. You never know what's gonna capture your interest and it, it so depends on where you kind of are. And your journey when you read those descriptions, you know, kind of what you're digging at that moment. Anyway, so I thought those were some interesting blogs. So what's going on with you? First of all, I would just like to say that, uh, Maria, if you're listening, we had such an awesome time at your party. So much fun. (laughs) And I love that you have karaoke. I'm so (laughs) glad you have karaoke at your party. Um, Anyway, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. All right. Second of all, so like a while ago, I posted on our Facebook group that I was all excited that we'd reached uh, over 300 members. Because we're cool. Or at least our listeners are cool and they want to join our Facebook group. <laughs> and I was like, in celebration of hitting 300 plus, let's get a bunch of comments uh, or just stream of consciousness stuff about Yip Podcast. Yay. And I was like, our challenge is to get 100, 100 responses. And so crazy. I think we got six. So that's not too bad. That's, uh, that's almost 10% of our, of our goal. <laughs> So Leanne said, two belly dancers interviewing great talent. We miss Shimmy Cove. Me too, Leanne. Me too. (laughs) Um, Kid from Canada said, uh, the Yip podcast. The ladies titter joyously and I am informed. (laughs) And then I've got to say that a couple of my favorite from from our pal Sakura Tribal over in Britain. um, Kate said, two talented ladies of Wiggles choose to spread news of their jiggles. 
Now to chatter and tips, groovy music and yips. We all listen with laughs, love, and giggles. <laughs> and who doesn't love a limerick? And then Joe, you can tell she's a listener because she said, terrific twosome thrill with talk of tassels, talented tribalistas, and top tunes. Yes. And I was like, alliteration! And she was like, yes! <laughs> she threw him some gratuitous exclamation points as well. You guys are awesome. Uh, Leanne actually had a second one that said, pirate day was inspired and many stars have come through. The body of work will stand forever done by brilliant ladies such as you. So sweet. I love things that rhyme. I'm simple. Oh, (laughs) it doesn't take much. Something else that happened on Facebook is Kit. Kit wrote me a letter that he, he was corresponding with a belly dancer friend of his who was upset about uh, the general public's view of belly dance as perhaps a more sexual act than many of us would like them to think it is. And he asked me to share it with you. So I'm going to read part of his first letter to his dance friend. And uh, the rest of it is going to be available on the website. Yeahpodcast.com. All right. So here we go. As of late, I've had a number of my belly dancing friends vent frustration on how people tend to sexualize belly dance. And believe me, you have my sympathies. But I want to tell you about a belly dance show I attended this past weekend where one of the performers was strictly burlesque. Now, can we agree that burlesque is for the most part associated with sex? Granted, we know there's the humor, the creativity, etc. But for argument's sake, we shall presume the stigma for sexualizing and objectification in burlesque is even more of an issue than in belly dance. After all, I've run into belly dancers who sniffily dismiss burlesque as trashy. Which brings me to my next point. The performance I saw by the burlesque artist was just that, pure artistry. I saw choreography. I saw a dance that, while sexy, was a stunning display of dancing skills worthy of the most skilled dancer. Granted, she made a point of not stripping down to her pasties. And both performances, she was either wearing more clothing or the same amount as the belly dancers. I believe that was a conscious choice on her part. Nevertheless, I now have a higher respect for burlesque dancers after seeing Coco La Framboise dance. Coco la framboise dance. (laughs) Sorry, I had to say it again. It got me thinking, is it the discipline or the artist that determines how the art is perceived? My point? Unfortunately, for the most part, the burden lies with the performer to shatter prejudices towards belly dance. I can assure you I will continue to act as an ambassador for the art and ardently defend that belly dancers are skilled performers. But you do face the unenviable task of showing society as a whole that you are indeed artists. So patience, ladies, persist and conquer. As a side note, my mom has been to several belly dance shows at the studio where I drum, and she feels it's one of the most empowering art forms for women to engage in. More power to you, yours, and the rhythm kit. And he also included the response from his friend and some further correspondence in regards to the subject. So if you are interested in the further developments, you can check them out on the website. What are your thoughts on that, Tammy? What do you think? Of, you, I mean, you love burlesque. Yeah, I I really do enjoy burlesque. You really do. Tramp. I still am not necessarily in favor of fusing the two. I mean, it's different, again, for a belly dance audience or a burlesque audience who kind of understands the difference. Right. But when it's general public, I just tend to shy away from that kind of thing. But that's just me personally. But yeah, I, I like burlesque and I don't see anything wrong with it and I do think there is an artistry to having this great sexy performance without necessarily having to strip down all the way and having the audience teased tantalized and undressing you with their eyes and undressing (laughs) undressing me with their eyes I just love it just thought oh my goodness um 
No, but being able to kind of like emotionally send your audience on this like roller coaster because there's so much humor involved in it a lot of times as well. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, I just think it's so fun. So anyway. Except when it's not. <laughs> um, bad dancing is bad dancing. I don't care what kind of dancing it is. Can we just agree not, not to have bad dancing? Yeah, we can just agree to have, you know, not have bad dancing. But I guess without bad dancing, would you know what good dancing is? Um, You're like, yes, I would. It's a pretty weak argument, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Not convinced. Oh, so um, speaking of burlesque, this is a slightly uh, strange... I'm doing some extremely not awesome transitions lately. But anyway, it vaguely connects. So I went to the Club Belly Dance show a little while ago. I know uh, we'd heard from... A couple of listeners who posted on Facebook when it was traveling through Canada, yeah? And they were like, hey, uh, belly dance superstars are in wherever they were. It was in Canada, right? And they're like, yeah, some of us are going to be performing as well. And it's like sort yeah, of a probably. half show. <laughs> I remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I went to the club belly dance show. And the dancers that were there from the belly dance superstars were Saba, Lauren, Stefania for the sort of classical belly dance and then for the tribal contingent there was mariah and sabrina fox i had never seen uh sabrina fox dance before i think i knew i'd heard the name but i mm-hmm. don't think i've even seen video of her just i haven't just have have managed to not anyway <laughs> um and the first couple group numbers i don't know um i go back and forth in the belly dance superstars i've only seen them once they came down like uh we caught them on the east coast of florida the east coast of florida a couple of years ago. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I had kind of wishy-washy expectations. I don't know. I'm kind of a persnickety about if you're going to choreograph something, it should look really sharp. And the particular show I went to, maybe they'd had something weird to eat. Maybe <laughs> maybe they hadn't been getting much sleep. I don't know. That's, it's probably they hadn't been getting much sleep. But, but I'm sure. A lot of the numbers seemed very sloppy to me. And I'm like, dude, for, you know, I bought my ticket. I'm expecting great things. And uh, I'm kind of a pain. Anyway. But I never want to go see them. I had, I had middling expectations. I'm so <laughs> judgmental. <laughs> what? What? I am learning this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the first couple, the first number or two that they did, I don't think really showed off Sabrina Fox. And I was like, I don't know. And then she did her soul. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's amazing. She was. I was very impressed by her solo. Like it was the so heavens strong. Opened up. I know. Oh, I heard angels. Oh. <laughs> she had great, really super strong arm movements and really creative choreography. And she really hit the some really cool nuances in her music. And she's really sharp and really strong. And so I'm, I'm like totally a Sabrina Fox fan now. And I really liked her skirt. So <laughs> that doesn't that's hurt. Something I know. She had these pants on that had like big open holes in the side like where the thigh was yeah 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 and uh she carried them off she made it work and not everyone's like you know what i would like cutouts right where my saddlebags are <laughs> that is where i would like them. i do and i'd like my skin to kind of like just like, flow out of them bountifully <laughs> so um so uh, i was really impressed with sabrina fox my other favorite dancer and this show was Stefania, again, who I was not familiar with. Her solo was in this, like, amazing... I think it was Stefania. It's hard to tell because in the in the show, I was like, the dancer with the crimped hair. 
And then on the website, no one has crimped hair. So I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I think you're Stefania. Sometimes their pictures, I think, are a little old. Well, they have pictures, but some of them are like three-quarter faces with their heads kind of tilted back. Oh, and you're like, yeah. I saw you from 30 feet away. I'm not sure. You were spinning a lot. Your makeup was different. <laughs> or maybe they could tell you, hey, they'll be in this color costume. I know, yeah, I like, she wore purple in the finale. Oh. <laughs> oh uh, speaking of costumes, there were some ugly costumes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am just sorry. Okay, first of all, I'll just admit it. I am generally not a fan of asymmetry. If there's a crap load of beads and fringe on one boob and the other one does not have a crap load of beads and fringe, it just looks weird to me. Yeah, I can't even wear tops that are just like the one sleeve tops. I can't do it. There was um, one one of the skirts... There was one strap that went really high over one hip, but there wasn't a strap on the other hip. And that was kind of like, I don't know. But anyway, I really liked Stefania. Her solo was in this like amazingly cut. Oh my God. She is in such good shape. It's this amazingly well, if cut you danced dress. danced 500 like, hours a day, you would be in good shape. Like this skin tight <laughs> lace thing. And I will say it had these violent pink and teal blue like insets that I thought were a little too violently pink. But, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like, okay, if I was in the stadium and I was 400 million yards away, would I appreciate those flashes of color? Perhaps better than me being, you know. Right there. Right there. But it was it was such a beautiful dance. I was like, oh, that crimped haired girl, she's my favorite. That was me. <laughs> I was like, what's her name? Everyone's like, I don't know. I just know the tribal dancers. Because all my friends are tribal dancers, except for the ones that aren't. You'll have to look them up on YouTube then and just figure out who you I'm like. I'm pretty sure it was. I know it wasn't Sabah, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Lauren. I think it was I think it was Stefania. Besides, what a pretty name, right? Yeah. I think that what they're doing right now is the smartest thing ever mm-hmm. to do half the show with local dancers. Guarantees an audience, first of all. Thank you, because For me, personally, it is very difficult for me to get out during the week at all because my husband works nights and I am home with child. So You're not with child. You're with a child. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't get pregnant again, Tammy. No, please. Uh, Children are wonderful, but not for me. Okay, so... (laughs) I mean, my child is wonderful. This is really not turning out the way I want it to. <laughs> anyway, basically, I'm home with a kid. <laughs> for me to go to a show, it's a lot easier for me to do Friday, Saturday nights. It makes it a lot more enticing for me when there's local dancers that I want to not only go to see a good show, but I want to go and support my community. So I just wanted to say that uh, you go belly dance superstars for your marketing. That is some smart stuff right there. And it was a good show. It was a great show. It was a very strong show. Our friend Phoenicia, um, she danced and it was so funny because we just took her veil, her um, fan veil. <laughs> She's so fun. Class. And I like thought of a new way to come out of some move and she was like, I'm going to figure that out. And then she did it. Uh, she did it in the thing and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the move I, I thought of. And then she was like, Mary, did you see it? Did you see I did your I figured it out at home. I was so tickled. I was like way out of proportion tickled. I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm up there. How did her costume look when I went over her house over the weekend? It looked amazing. I was like, you made your brown belt, didn't you? Yeah. She's like, I didn't do these appliques, but I did all the fringe, which is just disgusting. Yeah, she had hand beaded the edge of her thing. Because she's insane. And she says that she's had that that fabric for like years and she didn't know what to do with it. And that fabric was so pretty. It was so pretty. 
Oh my gosh. It so, was gorgeous. Anyway, yes, but she was there. <laughs> she was there. Another dancer, um, Isis, danced. One of our, uh, several of our local uh, schools, Imagi Temple, had a group and their routine was like super fun. They did a couple kind of smushing into each other. They had like a little sword moment. They had a little snake moment. They had some pot dancing on the heads. They had a kind of a group type of <laughs> Debka thing at the end. They had drummers. They had a flute player. And wow. It was like it was like controlled chaos. It was fantastic. And you, if you've been listened to the show since the beginning, Melanie yeah. who's, the, who's the director of Imagine is just like insane and she's so funny. <laughs> I laughed my butt off. They were great. They were really, really good. Another local belly dancer, Nin, teaches belly dance to special needs students. Yeah. And her her dancers performed. They did a cane number. It was super cute. Uh, Sparkle performed. Um, Florida Tribal performed. Orlando yes. Belly Dance performed. And oh my gosh, Tammy, I wish you'd seen it. The opening number was from Orlando Belly Dance. And it was these five girls in these bright yellow costumes that were sort of flamenco-y-ish or, you know. Yeah. And they had like sort of an off-center thing with ruffles. And they were amazing. They were so so good it was such an awesome choreography and the girl who was in the center had like total like flamenco face like like you know like like tammy flamenco dancer tammy like and dina was like she looks like she's in pain and i was like no that's flamenco face it's awesome (laughs) that's so much passion that you're almost gonna explode with like like she's in pain with awesomeness (laughs) and um oh and then uh two girls from the ucf shimmy nights performed and they were amazing. They were so good. I need to find out what song they used because I loved it. There was a lot of like kind of Indian um, Bangra type fusion music going on at the show. Hey, <gasps> which we're going to have later on. We totally are. <laughs> that was it. That's what inspired me. Nice. It was a really good show. And there were a ton of people in the audience um, that came to support. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the show. I thought about you guys, though. It's like, oh, they're probably having such a good time. I almost, uh, there was this belt they were selling in the lobby that I really loved. It had all these really shiny tassels on it. And I was like, it's probably a million million dollars. But it was only $75. But I was still like, nothing by it. Uh, Might as well have been a million. (laughs) Dean is like, I'm going to take a picture of it and you can make one just like it. I'm like, it costs more than 75 bucks just to make the dumb thing. But I'm still not going to buy it. I have enough junk, you know. That is the nice thing, though, about like making your own stuff is you kind of know the cost of different materials so you know when you're getting a deal when you're not yeah. getting a deal that's kind of nice or when when nice. you see stuff that granted like 75 bucks 75 bucks either way but if you had 75 dollars you'd be like oh it costs more than 75 dollars to make it that's a good deal to buy that right. and i don't have to spend my time making it like i think the materials done. will be cheaper but like the labor will uh, be yes. like stupid Turkmen buttons and all that oh yeah those are oh my gosh I've done uh, one thing with Turkmen buttons I put in like four of them on a bra and I was like never again never again you Turkmen buttons I've seen them and then uh, (laughs) I looked at them and said those look like they'd be really hard to put on you have to have like a curved needle (laughs) or you just cuss a lot or both you know yeah you might you might do both Sometimes some people just like to curse when they sew. Just the way it is. <laughs> oh, and other news. Florida Tribal Dance, uh, their studio has been officially open for an entire year. Congratulations. So happy anniversary, <laughs> Florida Tribal. <laughs> <laughs> other stuff going on. I'm reminding myself to listen back uh, to 8track.com because uh, Rachel Bryce, is, is she keeps putting up mixes every once in a while. 
on, onto this website and I listened to uh, the most recent one and it had some really good songs on it. Um, if you listen to it, my favorites were Roland by Diplo and Tommy's Theme by Noisio. Hmm. Yeah. There yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I loved them because I'm so hip and I listen to all this <laughs> cool hip new music. Ta-da! <laughs> you know, you're not the only one that reads blogs, Tammy. I... <laughs> What? Uh, I no, blogs. all the blogs are for me. I They're read. all mine. I read. I own all the blogs. <laughs> I read. And you know what? I'm going to talk about some blogs in a little while. But before I do talk about some blogs, uh, let's go ahead and do our first music spotlight and our first interview. How do you like them apples, Tammy? Well, let's huh? do our music spotlight first. Who we got? Well, we did mention that we have a Bangra a flavored spotlight yes, today. <laughs> and uh, it is the popular CD Bangra Dance Hits <laughs> by the various artists. <laughs> and it was funny when I found this CD and I liked a lot of the songs and then I realized that iTunes had put the names of the artist in the songs <laughs> column and the name of the songs in the artist column. And I wouldn't have noticed it because they all they all kind of look like they're in a different language. So, uh, uh, but one of the comments was like, nice one, iTunes. Why don't you try to put the artist's name in the artist and not in the song title? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why three of the songs have the same title. Because it's the name of the artist. <laughs> so be warned if you decide to go buy this CD. Yeah, uh, Jossie Sidhu, or, you know, doesn't have, he has three songs and the names are different, but he is, they are, it was an artist, whatever. <laughs> it's confusing. And of course, I can't pronounce the names of the songs or the artists, so it doesn't really matter for my purposes, but still, nice iTunes, nice. Good job, iTunes. I know, way to go. <laughs> so, the three songs. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> Me and Tammy picked out our faves. And um, the first one is called... I'm so sorry. Usually I apologize for butchering things, but I'm like but I'm like half convinced that I'm probably right, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> this is going to be ugly. Okay, so the first song is called Gerbhej Braun, and it's by... Oh, wait, no. <laughs> That's who it's by, right? <laughs> the first song is called Pon Valian. And it's by Gerbhej Braun. And it kind of sounded vaguely 007-y and a little gritty. It was kind of like it had a horn section, except it wasn't horns. It was like something that wasn't a horn. (laughs) (laughs) These insights brought to you from a music teacher. And then the second song was uh, Put Jat Da by Jossie Sidhu. And... uh, I think Tammy liked this one. It sounded like... <laughs> Why'd you like it, Tammy? <laughs> because it sounded... Okay, so it's definitely like, you know, finger rolls on a drum, but all I kept picturing was somebody with little teeny tiny drumsticks. <laughs> Playing really fast. And then they start talking, and then suddenly he sounds like, uh, like he's from the Beatles. <laughs> Give me a beat. I can't work like this. And you're like, you're like, what? And then it's a cute song. Anyway, and then the third song you're going to hear is called Notch K by Just Want Hira. And this one was funny because it made me think of the Pink Panther. 
It's very, yes. very sneaky. It doesn't sound like that. That's the Pink Panther thing. <laughs> For those <laughs> listeners who don't know what the Pink Panther is. Exactly. And that's what we're going to hear. So you liked the second one with the little drumsticks, didn't you? Yes. We didn't actually hear the little drumsticks part, because if we'd heard the little drumsticks part in the talking, you wouldn't have heard any of the music part, but trust us. There's little drumsticks. There's totes little drumsticks. <laughs> you should go buy it for 99 cents right now and listen to some little drumsticks. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, so before we get to my my blog experience, let's go ahead and listen to the uh, little chat we had with Troop Sahara. Sounds good. <gasps> Roll tape! You ready to go? What? For what? We're, I'm interviewing you. Focus. <laughs> no, but it's Troop Sahara and we do Umi Tribal. What is Umi, Umi. Tribal? Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> So how long is your troop in, uh, together? Well, we started year um, about thirty. We started in the late in the eighties. Wow. Um, uh, we were troop Maghreb. Maghreb. Troop Medina. Troop Maghreb. And then we became Troop Zahara, I think, in the early 90s. Yeah, we changed every time we got a new teacher, and then finally we couldn't find another teacher in the whole area that would. <laughs> we we like Zahara, so we stuck with it. That was our last teacher. Oh, so tell me your name is really quick. Oh, I'm Karen. Lee. Elizabeth. We also have Trish and Sherry and MJ, Mary Jane. What's your kind of dance style for our listeners at home? Well, we've evolved. Other other than Grandma Belly Dance. Well, we started in, it's funny because we started in a folkloric dance. Mm -hmm. And then with with Yasmina Mahal. Yasmina Mahal in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And she was also an Egyptian style dancer. Mm -hmm. So we did Egyptian style dancing and we danced to the Sultans live. No way! Yeah. (laughs) 
Maureen, in heels and didn't even know we could do it. In fishnet stockings, I swear, Maureen said, do it. And we did. We did. Yeah. And we, because we were intimidated by the little pet. Right. But then uh, Maureen went to Spain yeah. to study the gypsies mm-hmm. and flamenco. So then we were on our own. So we brought in different guest teachers. We danced with uh, Margarita Zagan. She was the snake charmer from British Gardens. She came in for, for a while. And then we hooked up with, remember we hooked up with Angela Conboy. She was a dancer at Bush Gardens as well. That was Zahara. That was Zahara. And she's the one that gave us the name Troop Zahara. And we danced with her for a while, and then she quit teaching. And so we were on our own again. So we just decided. Um, we we figured need. by then we knew it all. <laughs> <laughs> so we just go to seminars, and then we come back and we work on it together as a group. So it's, we call ourselves an anarchy. We're an anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> and we so we fight. Have, we, Every no. detail. We have colorful discussions. That's right. Yes. We have had people leave us because I can't stand you guys. You fight, and we're going. We're not fighting. We're, not fighting. we're discussing we're like sisters. loudly. We're discussing this loudly. Well, the really funny thing is when you guys are saying the same thing, but you're arguing about it. Phrasing <laughs> we it just, but we're saying it differently. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. really the same thing. Yeah. And the rest of us are going, wait, wait, stop. Wait, wait. You're saying the same thing. Well, yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but this is the fun part. She's, she's the kind of person that likes to argue, and she'll take the side she doesn't believe in just so she can argue with you. <laughs> I guess I'm the peacemaker. So what is your philosophy of dance, or the philosophy for your trooper? <laughs> what, is, what is something you feel your troop is, quote, all about, unquote? Having fun. Having, Having fun, fun. yeah. If it's not fun, why do it? I mean, you're certainly not going to make money at this. We don't dance for you. You know, we tried dancing for money once. I mean, you know, fun and, and it was work. And I think it keeps you young. I mean, three of the six of us are over 60 years old, and we're still dancing. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm going to keep dancing till my body stops, or my doctor says I have to quit. <laughs> and then maybe I'll still do it. What are some musical artists that you guys like to dance to? We like live music. Mm-hmm. We just can't find drummers who will put we up. We just with can't. Us. Yeah. <laughs> we never realized how much fun it was, you know, to dance to live music because we like to dance to percussion because we do improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to do the ATS. Mm-hmm. We've really evolved to the ATS now. Mm-hmm. It would really be nice for any mu- musical group out there who would put out a darn really heavy good CD of really heavy good music. You know, heavy because every time we find something with a good rhythm, it it's weak. Mm-hmm. We like, we we like, like the we like, we like a heavy bottom. Heavy, mm-hmm. heavy bottom. <laughs> well, you heard it here, listeners. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, that is our tagline. Yeah. The percussion, just just percussion, because that way we we can we're freer to to do what we feel like doing, and we don't like this. When we did this show, it was a it had a melody. Mm-hmm. So you start working. I don't know if this is what she wants. You start working on it, and it's like wait, 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 wait. I have to cue here. Because it's, oh, this we phrase. have to fit it into this phrase, of yeah. music. and that really, that really, that limits. Now, sometimes if we're doing ATS improv, we'll just mm-hmm. get percussion only, and yeah. we'll perform. But that, that gets mm-hmm. boring to the but audience. But the audience yeah. gets boring because when you look at the video, it's fun for us. When you look at the video after a minute or two, you go, "Okay, this is boring." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're doing different stuff, but the music's the same. There's different styles, different kinds of dancers. There's a dancer eight. that dances. For themselves, or just trying to be technically correct, they're dancers that know how to dance for the audience. Yeah, we're entertainers. Not no, but when you're dancing, you oh, don't dance for yourself. Mm-hmm. You dance, you know, do you dance? You're entertaining. Mm-hmm. You can dance for yourself at your house. Mm-hmm. 
but you got to dance for the audience. You know what my philosophy is? <laughs> no, that's Which why does, I asked. But I do have a philosophy, and but it's not going to really fit in this weekend. Okay, belly dancing. You have three mm. things. Uh huh. You have costuming. Uh huh. You have music. Yeah. You have choreography. Pick two, or it's not belly dance. Wait. I'm confused. I think that specifically goes. More Could you with pick the three and still have it? You be can have yes. three, but you have you to have, have at two least out two out of three oh. to be belly. If it's not, if you don't have two of those three, it's something else. That is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna have to think about that. Think about it and get back to me on that because yeah. this will. is kicking me off. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to yeah. have either the music or the or or the moves. And I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking your dance, your music, or your costuming. Pick two. It's our theme. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Those uh, women are crazy. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Done. They're sassy. <laughs> So I have decided that even though there is still a gaping hole in my soul where the belly whisperer used to be. Yes. Agreed. I am I am being consoled in turn by Naomi's Belly Dance blog and Dancing with a Spatula Wand by the Blue Fairy. <laughs> First of all, it's a great title. Yes. And it makes me think of UHF every single time. Spatula City, Spatula City. We sell spatulas and that's all. Look it up. <laughs> You'll love it. You non-geeks out there. Trust me. So back to Dancing with the Spatula Wand by the Blue Fairy. On March the 1st, she had an entry called My Body, My Castle, and a Bunny. I'm going to read part of it. I thought about you, Tammy, when I read this. Have you read this one? Mm-mm. So she goes, um, If only I could describe my entire life with compared line graphs. I've actually been keeping track of my weight on a daily basis since December 28th. While daily weigh-ins seem to be on the list of no-nos for most dieting tips and tricks, I actually find it very helpful when combined with Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> and that's what I thought of. Oh my gosh, I totally should do that. Um, and to those of you exercising, and then there's some stuff in the middle that I'm not going to read her whole blog for you. You guys can read. You go read it. It's a good blog post. And to those of you exercising your body into submission, keep it up and seriously keep a chart. If you're anal retentive, it's the most fun you'll ever have since telling the other kindergartners in your class that they couldn't use your coloring book because they'd color wrong. I wonder, did she, did she have a picture of the, her chart up? No. Oh. No, but I thought of you. Oh my God, I so want to do that now. Double, you, you have lost awesome weight. And you know what's funny though? Not that I look at, well, I've never thought, I've never looked in the mirror and been like, I'm so fat. I've always thought I was hot stuff. So that's, that's not changing. I, I remember uh, my New Year's resolution to keep sexy around. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. Exactly. So, but like, I look at myself and I'm like, I don't look like I lost weight, but my clothes fit better. So I don't know. I, I think I still look hot. <laughs> Me. Well, it's all good then. Yeah, but you know, I'm just trying to be healthier, and I am. I'm... We're using that um, My Fitness Pal app. It's awesome. I really like it. It's so much fun. Tammy's way better about entering things because um... I am OCD about it. That's why I'm looking at this 
dancing with a spatula wand. I'm going to ask if she can show me her thing and I'm oh going to totally <laughs> make a, a spreadsheet. Does she have like one line graph that shows like, you know, her weight decreasing and like another for her BMI and like, uh, like just tracking well, all this different um, stuff? She said, uh, um, it means I'm one of the very few people I know who can gain a pound and still be happy because my seven day average weight has decreased. So she's doing a trending line. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to see your spreadsheet. Maybe she can send it to me and then I can just plug in my numbers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I am ridiculous. Okay. So in other, uh, in other <laughs> blog news, I was on Deep Roots Belly Dance. And because we're extremely self-centered, we were excited to see that Shay posted... <laughs> About our last our last episode, uh, the John Content interview. Um, so check that out. Yeah, um, check out cool, her thanks. and check out her blog post of our <laughs> of our, our blog, blog post. post. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the circle of life. So um, the other thing I saw on Shay's blog was um, it's been up there for a while. Is uh, posted on February twenty first. It was called Class Etiquette Rules. Um. And she says, I found these class etiquette rules for another instructor's class online and found it interesting to say the least. Give it a read. I wonder what you'll think. Okay, so the ones that she posted and she said um, it was titled Dance Class Etiquette by and then in brackets she said name removed. Because she's mature like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not like us. (laughs) Wait for it. So the ones, some examples of, and there were 10 rules. I'll read you um, the rules and we will chat about them. All right. So here we go. Uh, Rule number one, show respect for the teacher. In Eastern disciplines such as martial arts and yoga, the teacher is revered, worshipped, and given great loyalty and respect. Teachers have worked long and hard and made many sacrifices to master their arts. Many have dedicated their lives to dance. And many started dancing six months ago. But anyway. (laughs) So um, I I, I say in general, that's, that's, I think... I think worshipped is perhaps strong. Yeah. But um, but respect your teacher. I can, you know, mm-hmm. unless your teacher's an idiot, in which case take from somebody else, you know. Yeah, but if you just started learning, you might not know that your teacher's an idiot. <laughs> well, then I hope you find out soon so that she knows that you know. Yay, dance community. <laughs> Number two. Beyond time, there is no excuse for being late. It disrupts other students and the teacher when someone arrives 10 minutes late. You forego essential warm-up stretches to try to be there early if possible. Also, try not to miss classes, as this also disrupts the flow of the work and leaves you missing work, which means things have to be repeated. So that's starting to sound a little bit testy, but but it's good to be on time. I can agree with that. Yeah. But in general, it's kind of like, for the majority of the belly dance population, it's a hobby. And yes. dude, I'm paying you. So it's like, even if I show up late, you're still getting my money. Yeah, but it's, it is annoying even to the other students if somebody shows up late. Um, not if they just kind of slip into class. Yeah, but people... If you're annoying, you're going to be annoying whether you're on time or not. Let's be Yeah, honest. and maybe we want you to be late because... Exactly. <laughs> it gives us that much more hope that you're going to skip this week. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple like that where we like we oh. are horrible people. I'm just well <laughs> again. Eh. Okay, number three. Position yourself relative to your dance experience. European dance students begin their studies at the back and earn their position in the front. 
If you feel confident that you will catch on quickly and perform movements accurately, try to get a position up front. However, if you are a beginning student or do not grab the moves quickly, then stay to the back of the room where you will have more advanced students to follow. Yep. Agreed. I kind of feel um, opposite because I feel like if I'm advanced, I don't need to see myself in the mirror as much. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe when I'm looking at it, for instance, I go to Bikram. And in Bikram, if you're a new student, you're not really allowed to be up front. You need to be in the back. Mm. But if you've been to multiple classes, they want you to move up so the back is free for new students. Mm -hmm. For me, it's been very helpful because then I can see what the people in front of me are doing. And it it just helps me know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like in our dance classes, you have Lacey to follow. And And she's tiny. She is tiny, so I'm, I'm like, you know, and I'm 5'10". Yeah. So I feel guilty when there's like some like little tiny person behind me who's just started. I'm like, well, I know you'd like to see the teacher who's the size of an elf, but I am important and you can just watch me, whatever. <laughs> so there, so I usually stand in the back if I'm at, if I'm at a beginning class, you know? Yeah. I get whatever is available. <laughs> okay. Here's my favorite one. Number five. Keep talking and giggling to a minimum. <laughs> Oh, no. Part of the fun of dance class is the interaction with others, but there are limits. Don't chat incessantly. Keep your attention focused on the teacher. If you have a question, ask the teacher. And I got to say, I'm so guilty on this one. And if Lacey wasn't such a nice person, um, I don't know. I think she's told us both to be quiet before. Oh, yeah. Almost every single class I go to, I get the I will separate you comment. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> she always blames me. It's never the person next to me. It takes two to have Except a giggly conversation. Somehow, you're always that second person. <laughs> I don't always instigate. <laughs> Look, okay, <laughs> let's just put it this way. How did we start a podcast? <laughs> Okay, number six, avoid being a know-it-all. By all means, never openly challenge a teacher's expertise. Um, I, I, class, it's rude. I, it is rude. I mean, you can uh, challenge them privately. I, I do think like if you're openly challenging and mm-hmm. I, I just think that's rude. Number seven, take notes when sitting out. Do not wander in and out of the class space while a teacher is teaching. If for some reason you cannot continue, quietly apologize and go to the side. Take notes. Do not talk. Do not shop. If you go back to participating in the class, go to the back and quietly resume. <laughs> I, I do think that wandering out of a class is kind of rude. But uh, there, hey, what if I have a small bladder? There are instances <laughs> where you need to leave. If you're going to vomit, I'd rather you leave. I'd rather you have not shown up. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we have all of your vomit germs in the air. Literally. And I mean, I try to take my vitamins, but I'm susceptible. So that's seven. Especially at the beginning of the school year. (laughs) It sounds like they're just like, we will bar the windows and the doors. There is no escape once you take my class. Number eight, let the teacher teach. You should under no circumstances voice an opinion in a class. Try to focus on how this teacher can expand your dance horizons. Do not compare openly to other teachers. Do not complain about how movement is presented or that it is too difficult or too easy. Um, I think it'd be nice to have a teacher that's relaxed enough for you to have an open conversation about some things. Yeah, but again, I, I, I don't think she's saying you can't go talk to the teacher, but I think she's saying, you know, there's a time and a place. And in the middle of the instructor instructing... Having a question is one thing, but then just saying something, having an opinion is totally 
something different. I don't like the way it's phrased, though. I think basically the tone is what's kind of getting me here. Yeah. Well, Number- you know, I'm just going to, if I ever teach a class, I'm just going to tape people's mouths before they walk in. Well, that's and, different. And then no problems. <laughs> Number nine, pay attention. Whether it be a demonstration or a verbal instruction, you are paying for a class and so are others. Make sure you and others get their money's worth. In addition, you will benefit in the long run. Be a good participator and a good sport. You are in class to learn and be taught. Can't really complain about that one. I'm sure you can find something. Uh, I tried though. Number 10, be open-minded. <laughs> you will benefit by learning all you can about the given subject. Class attires, yada, yada, yada. Please no skirts, hip scarves are fine to wear. We usually dance barefoot or with socks or ballet slippers. So there were a couple of those that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, well, what? So I decided to be an investigative reporter. And I Googled the phrases because I wanted to find out <laughs> whose website it was on. Wow. Oh, come on. It's like Shay was teasing us by putting, you know, instructor removed. It was like a dare. Well, I take you up on that dare, Shay. And you know what? I'm just going to say the name of the person because, because. It's me. It's, it's no, no. Um, here's the deal from what I've been able to figure out. And really, I spent about an hour Googling stuff on this one post because. You know, you probably could have just emailed her and she would have told you. No, no, no. Here's the deal, though. There are quite a few incarnations of this 10 golden rules of belly dance or 10 golden rules of dance but as far as I can tell it began in 1997 when a dancer called Miramar hey I've heard of Miramar I think it's out of uh, I think it's out of California but don't quote me on that in 1997 this list was originally printed in Jurita magazine and it was um, reprinted in another magazine in 2001, and she revamped the whole thing in 2009 as well. So she's kind of updating it. Now, on her website, she has the basic same rules, but they're given a lot more explanation, and the language isn't as absolute. And So, so she's adjusted. Well, this, as written on Shay's blog, I could not find on her website. I I think that has been a bastardized form of her article. I think they thought, well, who needs, like, for instance, when she's talking about where you stand in the room, she gives more examples uh, in her version about, you know, when you come in late, don't try to grab a spot up front. That's not good manners. If you're a beginning student, you want to maybe be towards the back. You know, keep in mind, many teachers rotate rows. So if it happens, you just need to readjust your position and kind of go with the flow. Like every single one she had, whether it was the 97 incarnation, the 2009 incarnation, a lot more details were given. So it made more sense, her point. It wasn't like, do this because I said so. It was like, do this because here's some great reasons to do this, you know? So when I read her version of her 10 golden rules on her website, I can't really argue with any of them. Uh, Then I Googled some more and on, on her website, she'd said, look, this is my property. Do not repost this without giving me credit. And so then I went to go find websites where it was reposted without giving her credit. I found quite a few. Among them, a swing dance club in Idaho. Also, uh, traditional Indian classical dances studio in the New England area. They'd been adjusted a little bit, but they were pretty much her rules. Didn't give her any credit. This random article on freezone.com, which didn't even have an author of any kind attached to it. And on uh, ezinearticles.com, it was like pretty much her article, a little bit more consolidated. And credit was given to this lady, Morwena Asaf. So either Morwena Asaf, who looks totally different in her picture, is actually the same <laughs> as Miramar or 
there is something fishy going on. Yeah, I mean, these rules, though, there's... Some of them are pretty standard in a lot of dance classes. Well, right, but I mean, like, Just when the you way have, they're written. When you have one through ten in the exact same order and some of the exact same language, yeah. like, the, one of the things she says is, uh, you know, in Eastern disciplines such as martial arts and yoga, the teacher is revered, worshipped, and given great loyalty and respect. Like, when you have that exact sentence in some random list of rules for the Idaho Swing Dance Club, like, you just feel like maybe, maybe they jacked it up. And that's a very odd statement for a swing dance club. I'm just saying. It's like they didn't even try. Yeah, like, maybe you might put some other types of dance in there. I don't know. So, uh, so that was very long and lengthy, but I just thought I was, I got this vague thrill of like uncovering, <laughs> uncovering, you know, a conspiracy. <laughs> Is this what it's like to be an investigative reporter? Is it this, except the rush of chasing justice? I'm in the wrong field. <laughs> and then I was like an hour of my life. God, so lazy. I can never do this again. Um, <laughs> so that is my blog adventure. It's pretty adventurous. It was it was intense. <laughs> I was googling like a mad woman. I had three different tabs open in Google, and <laughs> three different other tabs were holding onto the sites that I found that didn't have proper credit given to Miramar. And then I had to stop because I had to make dinner. I had spaghetti. So how do you know that Miramar was the original one that did it? I was wondering about that, but I was like, dude. First of all, she wrote it for a magazine, and. It was she o- could have stole it. She could have, but this next. was over 14 years ago. It was originally <laughs> published. Most of these sites looked very new and shiny. They didn't look like a 14-year-old incarnation of something. Uh, I mean, anything can be faked, but I'm just saying, if she claims it is copyright and she's got several versions of it, I'm, I'm leaning towards giving her the benefit of the doubt. Fine. Besides, <laughs> her picture on her website is really pretty, and I like her website. She looks like a really nice person. She's very friendly. <laughs> I'll just give it to her then. I know. I'm not easily swayed. I'm a journalist now. <laughs> so that's that. That's all I have to talk about. Oh. So do we have more music then? Uh, yes. You know, one thing that I really enjoyed about the, the um, Club Belly Dance show was that I don't go to um, many Egyptian or traditional uh, belly dance shows anymore. I mean, most of the stuff I go to yeah. is, is heavily tribal. Or, you know, burlesque or some random fusion stuff. And so I just, you know, I forget sometimes how much I love that music and how much I love that dance, even though some of the costumes were god-awful. Uh, the dance was nice. And so because of that, I found this really awesome CD on the iTunes called uh, Virginia Presents Khan Al-Khalili. Have you heard of Khan Al-Khalili? No. He's really great. You should listen to a lot of his music. I'm just kidding. It's not a guy. <laughs> it's a place. I tricked you, didn't I? Khan Al-Khalili is a souk, which is an open-air marketplace. Nice. You're welcome. Trivia of the night. I didn't know that before. <laughs> Maybe some of you didn't either. So there you go. It can be spelled S-O-U-Q or S-O-U-K, although it really doesn't matter because it's not like they use our alphabet anyway. But the point is... <laughs> It's an open-air marketplace. This, uh, <laughs> al-Khalili, is a major souk in the Islamic district of Cairo. What is the Islamic district, you may be asking? Well, don't worry. Wikipedia had a link for that, too. <laughs> the Islamic district of Cairo is noted for its historically important mosques and other Islamic monuments. Nice. <laughs> hmm. 
So, thank oh you. my gosh. Thank you, Virginia, for bringing this souk inspired music to my ears and the ears of our listeners. <laughs> the first song we're going to hear is um, Saidi Rara, and it's an Egyptian cane dance. And I'm like so into cane dancing now ever since I saw the Belly Dance Superstar show, <laughs> which is recently. But I just, you know, it's like when you're dancing, dancing, and then it settles into that beat and like, boom, 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 dugga, dum, dum, dugga, dum, dugga. And you're like, yeah. yeah. So um, I did this, I mimed a cane dance for Tammy. When I we loved it. Today. <laughs> the second one we're going to hear is at Shantala Shrab, which is a shabby pop song. I looked up shabby. It's songs of the working class um, people or pop music. That wasn't my definition. That was Shira's definition. And as you know, Shira is never wrong. Or I mean, <laughs> I haven't found her to be wrong, but granted, she does a lot more research than I am. So it's not like coming in. I'm not going to try to go out and prove Shira wrong. What'd be the point? That'd be rude. I know. Rude. First oh. of all, what'd she ever do to me? And the third song we're going to hear is Raked, which in parentheses is an oriental routine. the best because as you know totes in a cane mood right now which one did you like i like the last one rock head head it was so much fun we mimed dancing to it yeah we had invisible veils and then we tammy had invisible wings yep and you knew because i kept repeating wings wings. (laughs) and then we tossed them away and we spun and we spun and we spun (laughs) it was graceful it was a sight to behold no doubt (laughs) If only someone was taping us. Thank God. Then we could share it with you all. (laughs) Wow. So that's it for music. Let's let's hear our second uh, interview. So the second interview is with Sammy Tay. 
And she's really cool. I think you're going to like her. She's cheeky. <laughs> okay, my name is Sammy Tay, and my website is sammytayrocks.com, R-O-C-K-S. Because yeah, you know Not everyone's going to spell R-A-K-S or R-A-K or whatever. I don't rack. I rock. <laughs> so I was perusing your website this morning uh-huh. because your performance last night I thought was beautiful. I, um and your costume was amazing. Can yeah. you please tell me where you got your costume from? <laughs> I designed she these, it. Oh my gosh. And uh, there's a woman in uh, in Asheville where I live that does a lot of leather and feather work. And we kind of co-designed it and she busted it out. And it's freaking rad. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, so I can explain it. It was like a lioness. It was yeah. so pretty. Yeah. A lioness slash chicken you know with the feathers but this woman walked up and she's like so what tribe are you representing i was like huh i was like the tribe of awesome uh, i'm oh oh like i'm doing my best to like have a rocking costume that's not like oh i ripped this off of like blah 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 famous dancer which yeah. is like really hard now well yeah yeah, yeah. hard so, um, on your website, you had a lot of other items that you do besides belly dance. I do. What other things do you do? I'm busy. Um, <laughs> I do professional fire performance, um, specializing in whips and costuming and like flaming masks and things like that. And I do aerial acrobatics, mm-hmm. uh, single point trapeze, doubles trapeze, and uh, silks. That sounds difficult. <laughs> it's really challenging. It's funny because Amy and I took a picture last night with like our guns, you know, and I think she specifically like covered mine up with her hand so that nobody would know that my arm muscles are bigger than hers. <laughs> They've got to be huge. I had a friend who who took a, because um, Cirque du Soleil is right down in Orlando, where you're from. Somebody from Cirque was putting on a class with aerial silks and the class description said, anybody can take this no, class. anybody. So- So my friend took it, and she's in crazy good shape, and she was like, oh, my God, they are liars. Okay, so the deal with, like, aerial acrobatics is I like that whole concept of, like, anybody can do it. But it's not like belly dance where, like, any body can do it. Does that make sense? Like, the difference between anybody and any body. Because anybody can get their body into shape to do it, but you have to work your freaking butt off to, like, get there. And that's a big deterrent. Like, if you can't do a pull-up, forget about it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tammy. I know. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like the belly dance. Like, anybody can do it, but anybody cannot do that. So, I have so many people that ask me for lessons, and I'm just like, no. And they're like, why not? And they think that I'm, like, really selfish with the information, and that's not really it. But I've been teaching belly dance for long enough to know that people will, like, come for a week, be gone for three, Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da. And it's, like, dedication, and I don't have time to waste on somebody else's process. You know what I mean? Like, time spent, like, in their one hour that they're going to come do this before they realize it's going to kick their ass and never come back is like that hour I could have been working on myself so (laughs) I'm just gonna do that instead and how did you get involved in it I don't know (laughs) 
Um, just one day you found yourself hanging upside down on a ring. I had a friend who, um, no, somebody came through Asheville, Cypher Zero, from up in uh, New York, and he was teaching a silks workshop. And I went and I took the workshop and just like totally fell in love and was like, wow, I can't fucking do this. And um, I had a friend who did sling, which is kind of like... People use it as a prop now, but I consider it a precursor. Like, it gives you the concept of, like, being upside down and using your strength only. The fabric is supporting you so you can't fall on your head. I built a rig out of bamboo and bicycle tire inner tubing in my backyard. It does not sound safe. <laughs> no! <laughs> Safety third! Having fun looking good first. Um, that's how I started. And then I just started traveling around because there's... there wasn't anybody in Asheville at the time teaching so I traveled to New York I traveled to Georgia where there's uh, canopy studios and stuff like that so I do a lot of traveling to study and train and then I have a gym space that I rent um, in a gymnastic studio that I rehearse in four days a week nice and so how long ago was that about six seven years ago and then how long have you been belly dancing for um about 15 years I started in Cincinnati just and then moved to California, was in Southern California, and was dancing with the UCSB Middle East Ensemble. Moved up to Sacramento, danced with Amy um, for a while, was like in the original Unmada, and then moved to North Carolina, which was really stupid now in hindsight. <laughs> but, you know, I was talking to Amy about that yesterday. I was like, left and right, there's no family sister <laughs> and uh she said you know sammy tay had you stayed in sacramento you would have never done anything else like i wouldn't have gotten into aerials i wouldn't have like made it with fire performance i probably wouldn't have gone to pta school i would have been like Unmada or die you know and that would have been my life which would have been great but yeah I'm thankful to have uh expanded my repertoire shall we say I just really challenged myself in that way because I'm deathly afraid of heights wow oh my god (laughs) oh yeah you should see me at the top of a ladder it's really funny when I first started (laughs) doing my own rigging and climbing ladders like I would shake so bad just being at the top of the ladder like oh my god don't look down don't look down don't look down but I really feel like I have to be attached to something and then I'm fine. Like, I can totally drop 30 feet and stop here. No fear. Put me on the top of a ladder with, like, nothing. I'm, like, a shaking, blithering mess. It's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If it's not too personal, can I ask you about your tattoos? Yes. I love the one at the base of your neck. Like, I love it so much. I can tell you about that one. It's a really good story, actually. Um, So it used to be... It's my very first tattoo, actually. Not the whole thing. But um, when I was about 15 years old, my family was Jewish. And I decided as the big... (laughs) To my Jewish family that I was going to get a tattoo of a Star of David on my neck. (laughs) Um, Jewish people aren't supposed to get tattoos, so, you know, I'm just like... I didn't know that. Yeah, Jewish people aren't supposed to get tattoos. Why not? Um, I believe that it has something to do with World War II and, like, the tattooing of... And all that stuff. And they consider it, like, a really big um, insult 
you know, so it was just like, you know, that's really stupid. So I got a tattoo. I was like 15, you know, young and rebellious. So I got this tattoo of a Star of David on my neck. So that was my first ever tattoo, and I vomited. <laughs> <laughs> When I had it done, I think I was just like so like, woo. And I actually traded a box for it. But anyway. <laughs> a box of what? Like a really fancy like artistically done like box that had like little shelves. It was like an artist okay. box. An okay. artist okay. that I, I traded. He wanted it. Anywho. So I got hired to do this gig in Oman, a country in the Middle East. I was doing the um, Muscat festival and I was out there doing fire performance and and dancing so my very first night on stage I have like this silly little wig on and I never wear wigs you know like I just I don't know being ridiculous so I have this wig on and somebody caught a glimpse of the tattoo on my neck well the next thing I know you know the stage manager's like hey come with me these guys want to talk to you and I was like well, who wants to talk to me and he's like, they. And I'm like, they who? <laughs> so we're like walking and walking and walking. We walk all the way to the back of the festival. All the way <laughs> to this little bitty sketchy freaking trailer. And he's like, okay, go in there. And I, was, I stood there. I was like, well, aren't you going to come with me? And he's like, are you scared? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, because when I was going over to the Middle East in the middle of a war, my dad's like, what are you thinking? They're going to kidnap you and sell you into slavery and da da da. So I'm like going into this trailer like, holy shit, my dad was right. I'm going to die. And I was sitting in this trailer with all these Middle Eastern police officers and they're like, and then they're like, which is the only thing that I understand is you're going to fucking die, right? And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm sitting there, my heart's like, beating out of my chest and I was like just gonna play it cool you know so I'm saying, I can't understand a word they're saying and it's like one of those moments where you're like maybe like you might like automatically understand this language and that never freaking happened so like 40 minutes I'm sitting there and they're yabbering back and forth and I guess talking about how they're gonna kill me and um in my mind that's what they were doing they're like offer me a cup of coffee and I'm like they're poisoning me you know? and I'm like looking at them and looking at the coffee and looking at them and they're looking at me and I was like just drink the fucking coffee so I did I didn't die so I was happy about that and so finally these female Middle Eastern police officers come in and they actually spoke English so that was great ultimately what it came down to is they were afraid that somebody would see the Star of David on my neck uh -huh. become offended and kill me Oh. Yeah. So they were actually trying to be helpful. <laughs> they were trying to be helpful. So for the rest of the 20 days or whatever I was there, I just kept my neck, like, covered up. Because I realized I just, I don't want to, like, I have a lot of tattoos, but I don't want to offend people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I went to Thailand, like, right after that. And uh, my boyfriend at the time had these, like, really amazing tattoos by this Thai artist. So I went to him mm -hmm. and was like, can you do something about this? And he... <laughs> just sat there and took a pen and drew it on me and then showed it to me in a mirror and I was like yes please and I sat there it was a really beautiful experience too because you're sitting on the floor with Thai pillows he's playing Indian chants and it <laughs> felt like it was so like not the American experience of walking in with all the tattooed guys with the in the background you know so yeah so that was that
I'm actually going with Amy and Shelly today to get my Unmata tattoo nice. as the first honorary alumni. You know, so it feels really special to do it with them. We've known each other for years, so it's really nice to like have Amy with me. Yeah. To get my. Was there any last thing you'd like to share with with our audience? Don't stop rocking. <laughs> nice. Right, thank you. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you have it. There you have it. My favorite part of that interview was when she was like, wait, anybody can do it, but not anybody can do it. For realsies. She was, she was hardcore. I have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she can pretty much do anything, she, though. Because she is just hardcore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was extremely proud of myself because I just managed to be able to do one of those one-armed plank things. <gasps> The side plank thingies? Yeah. Whoa. I held it for a whopping seven seconds. Thank That's you very much. That's a long time. And me and Jody were doing yoga together, and we were like, we both did a side plank for seven seconds. <laughs> we're awesome. I could do it a couple weeks ago. So, baby steps. That's pretty and awesome. Next step, Lyra, I'm telling you. <laughs> then I'm going to be flying through the air with the greatest of ease. With Sammy Tay. Except you're not a daring young man, but close enough. <laughs> Yeah. And that song will be stuck in my head. Thank you very much <laughs> for all this info and more. You're welcome. <laughs> you can go to yeahpodcast.com and there you will find how to subscribe to our newsletter. Yay. Which I typically don't do till two in the morning. So sorry if they're like really crazy sounding. All right. So yeah. So on our website <laughs> where you can join our mailing list. Uh, you can also email us at email at yapodcast.com. You can Skype us at yapodcast. You can call us at 321-441-3933. Uh, you can check us out on Tribe at tribes.tribe.net slash yapodcast. You can find us on Facebook. Oh, a word about our Skype real quick. Uh, we are going to have Skype up, and I do have it up right now, anytime we're recording. So if you go and friend us through Skype, I don't think that's really the right thing I don't think it's called friending on Skype, but whatever. You request to have, be one of our contacts on Skype, then um, you will see when we're online recording because I put, we're recording a podcast <laughs> and you can call in and talk to us. So uh, typically rec we record Wednesday evenings if we record that week. There's that. Additional music for this episode is provided by Magnitude. Thanks, Magnitude. <laughs> and it was in... Indigenous Kalabi and Kara Nomadic. It wasn't Indigenous Kalabi. It was Indigenous oh, Kalabi. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, indigenous Kalabi has like the non-Indigenous species of Kalabi. You totally there wrote it down lines. for me and I still <laughs> read it wrong. And I told you that I was not going to be very good at this. So <laughs> I warned. Misplaced faith. I <laughs> this hot mess of a podcast. <laughs> Do you want me to try and reread this? No, no. Okay. No, no, let's go while we're ahead. No, they, they'll get it. We'll put it on the website. Cool. And that website again is www.yapodcast.com. Don't go through all the information again. I'm not. That's it. That's it. So for this episode, this has been Tammy. And this has been Mary. Yep. Oh, God.
website and find out. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to go if you don't want to. Don't let her boss you around. No, go now. Ah. You're alienating our listening base. <laughs> which I typically don't do till two in the morning. So sorry if they're like really crazy sounding when you get them in the, on Wednesday morning. They don't sound like anything. It's just an email. Or they read funny. Well, I guess they don't read to you. You read funny. Meh. Stop being mean again. Usually it's me antagonizing our listeners. Today it's like total world. It's like Freaky Friday in here. <laughs> You know when you hear someone say paschetti and then you can't remember how to say spaghetti? Oh my god. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? It happened to me once. If you like to be on a boat, <laughs> then March I'm 10th on a boat with my flippy floppies. Uh, they're going to have everything from drubbing. Drubbing? See? Look at that. I can't speak either. Is that when you get beaten? Yes. Like we gave them a right good drubbing. <laughs> I think you just made that up. I uh, did not. Come on. Right good drubbing. Drubbing? That's a word, right? Isn't it a word? I don't think so. Someone tell me it's a word, even if it's you're lying. It's as much of a word as flippy floppies. <laughs> <laughs> flippy floppies is in a song. Thus, it is a real word. <laughs> I guess for you're three not going to hear them from her. Well, but you can go to our website and not then a you bad can list. A good list. Bad list. <laughs> a nice list versus a naughty, naughty list. <laughs> then we're back to our one nine hundred number. Even a bad, bad dance. <laughs>